Okay. Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with season 9, episode 30, or I almost want to call this season 10, episode 1 uh, of our weekly Q&A videos because we tend to do that when we take a little bit of a break. But they did that and in Conquest. Hasn't... Remember, it? I don't know if you ever read Amazing Spider-Man. At one point, you know, when they wanted to goose sales, they wanted a new number one issue. So they started counting mm. again from the beginning. And then after a few issues, yeah. like maybe like 50 issues, they went back to the old numbers. That's really funny. So you're saying that we need to do like 20 episodes of this new season and then we need to go back <laughs> to like episode 31, season nine, episode 31. Yeah, something like that. But it hasn't been quite as long a break for you all. But for me, it's been more than a month since I've been sitting down and recording this. And we're only going into this because I know uh, it's a little presumptuous to assume that people care, but I'm assuming if anybody is still listening to this series, you have to at least be a little bought into us and what we do and not just such a super fan of Injustice that you're uh, watching all of these episodes which sometimes talk very little about Injustice. So I've been on a road trip, and this is sort of the first time uh, in a long time that I've had sort of a consistent internet connection and place to set up and uh, film this in like somewhere that wouldn't be like a coffee shop, which would make this almost impossible to actually execute. So I'm uh, having a great time, but I'm also very excited to be back and able to do this. I have missed this a little bit and mm -hmm. we are remote. So there's going to be a little bit of a delay thing. Uh, we had the same thing. If you've been a really long time fan, you've had to deal with this a little bit already when i went away to university but hopefully it's not too much of an issue and if it is uh unfortunately there's not much that we can do about that right, right. now i mean hopefully so, our internet is good enough to make because when you were at university we're talking like miles away now we're talking like thousands it is thousands maybe hundreds at least hundreds of miles away and if, yeah a very long drive i mean most of that month was spent uh driving it's been a very extended road trip so yeah. I am significantly further away from you uh, than we ever have been while filming this, for sure, right. or recording this. Yeah. Yeah. So getting into the first question, or did you have an anecdote? I, I have. All right. So I, I was going to mention something mm -hmm. that uh, we didn't want to talk about until we'd sorted it out. So yesterday we had a hot water tank put in, replacing the mm. old one. Whole idea. I learned more about hot water, or sorry water hot water heating tank heating water hot water tanks than i wanted to water heaters water heaters so i don't know the idea is that if you're going to go with a tank there is a direct vent or a power vent direct vent you mm. rely on sort of the passive circulation of air because as the natural gas burns uh and heats the water you want it to vent all the bad carbon dioxide and pull in yeah. more oxygen to burn it power vent has a fan at the top it's powered by electricity that increases the efficiency of it. So you don't need such a big tube. And it really um, pulls the air from inside the house and dumps it out. I already see a disadvantage for that, though, when you run out of power, right? Exactly. So the power vents are more common. They make more noise. They are more efficient. But, mm -hmm. yeah, in power outage, you wouldn't have any hot water. Unless you oh wait so they're they're more efficient they use less energy the vent they're supposed to because then you don't have to um, I think so I don't, I can't remember anyways but to me that there wasn't enough appeal considering how often there's a power outage to justify mm. not having any hot water like it's the same idea with the tankless tankless might be really efficient because you're only heating water that you mm -hmm. need mm -hmm. but 
as soon as the power goes out, even if you're powered by gas, you need something to control all the electronics that tell you when to turn on the burners, right? Yeah, I can see how that'd be a quality of life thing. If it's like really efficient, yeah. I feel like there's there's an argument to be made for it, but it's hard. I mean, we don't have power outages super often, but we have them often enough that that would kind of yeah. suck. Yeah. And cold showers, if the power goes out and you know you have to take cold showers, I think right. that's even just that that's little worse. bit less pleasant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not even the story. So the story is that when they were bringing in the tank and taking out the old tank, they propped open the side door. Hmm. And oh no, did the cat get out? So we see the side door open and quickly tell them, Hey, yeah, you can't do that. We've got a cat and he's an inside cat. And so they said, Okay, fine. Yeah. And they closed it. So then I went from room to room in the house looking for him and I couldn't find him. So oh, we went God. out on the okay. street for about an hour walking the neighborhood, <sighs> making noises, trying to attract him. But you know, if he's freaked out, he doesn't care yeah. if he hears noises. Yeah, he will I... hide, right? Mm-hmm. Can I predict the end of this? Okay, go ahead. Which is that he he was hiding in some weird obscure place that he's never been before. Oh yeah, exactly. And he was already inside. Yeah, we were, but we were sick. Okay. Like we we thought we were mm-hmm. gonna that we had potentially lost him. We were glad that we had the chip in, but we were talking to as many of our neighbors as we could. We were preparing to put up posters and stuff. And oh my we, god! When yeah. we came back in the house, we thought there's we don't want to draw him away. If we're making noises and then he mm-hmm. actually follows us, that would be worse mm-hmm. unless he followed us home. So yeah. when we got back inside, at some point we just decided, okay, so this is not productive. It's nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he'll come back. I mean, he was an outside cat when we mm-hmm. found him. So it's yeah. not like he's totally helpless. Yeah. And so when we came back inside, um, at one point, one of the installers said, hey, your cat's here. He had hidden himself <laughs> behind the, the washer in the basement. And I can I can sort of reconstruct what I think happened. So he gets spooked. By all this weird noise and weird people coming in. Yeah. He runs down to what should be his safe place, which is the basement. Yeah, which, which is, is the basement. Yeah, because that's we're doing the renovations, place where the least people come in. Right. When we're doing renovations, that's where we kept him safe and that's where he had his space and that's mm-hmm. where his litter box is. Well, if he goes mm-hmm. to the basement, don't they follow him down with the new water heater? And now he's <laughs> trapped there thinking, where can I go? There's no place here that is safe from these weird people that oh, are making all guy. these noises. And he was the whole time while they're banging around and spilling water and doing whatever behind the washer. And there's not a lot of space there. And it's not the Yeah, so he space. was probably very scared and uncomfortable too. I think everybody except for the people installing the water heater were probably in comparable levels of distress there. Oh, yeah. So the the ridiculous thing is that... Um, he, so he's clearly upset. And you know how he's not a, a lap cat. So that night at dinner, he was totally happy when I picked him up to sit in my lap and basically get close to falling asleep. Like when we first met him, that that willingness to Mm -hmm. really, I don't even know it's willingness as much as it's looking for protection in someplace safe Mm -hmm. where he can actually relax because, you know, (laughs) if he's not there, then it's just too much freaky danger around. So this is this is not good, obviously, but this right. I think kind of confirms a theory that we had, which was that as we had him and he got used to us, he got less overtly affectionate, right? right, right. Where he was less willing to be on us, uh, and where he was all over us when we first got him. Right. And I think he's never been in a position where he's been super freaked out again, and 
So our theory was always that like maybe he just feels more comfortable now, so he doesn't feel like he needs it, so he can explore, he can feel a little more independent, uh, and it's not as important to him. But that doesn't mean he likes us less; it just means that he feels safer, so it's actually a good thing. And that's what we were sort of telling ourselves, right? Right. And I think this is the first time that we've actually seen him get distressed enough that he got uh, noticeably more affectionate again. Right. And it's so I guess I think if, this if we're is, characterizing yeah. his affection, I think that's probably a bit of a mistake. I think it's really just fear and the mm. the feeling of safety and comfort with us like it's not so much yeah. affection as it is um needing to be re- reassured that no that's that's fair that's fair so uh, I, we've never seen him increase the level of physical contact that he has with us and the amount that he like wants physical contact with us right. before right yeah you're right because if we're saying this you know the whole point is that it, you're right he's not actually being less affectionate he's being the same amount of affectionate he's just being less spooked and he right. needs less reassurance. That's that's a good point. Right. So that's the story. Yeah. And I didn't want to tell you about it until we'd actually sorted it out. Like when we were in the middle of it, we thought, oh my God, there's... <laughs> yeah, because then I would have just been feeling awful for... For no reason, like for nothing. For, for like the, that same hour too. Right, for nothing uh, you could Did done. you not like tell them to like text you or call you if you turned up in the house? Yeah, I or told did them. Hey, did you, I, I said, do you see, have you seen the cat? We're, we can't find mm-hmm. her cat right now. We still told them and then we walked around but then it, was, it wasn't it was even right away as soon as we got back. They, it took them a while before because it's not like CB stuck out his head. So there's, there's mm-hmm. he's behind the washer. They can't see him either until he sticks his head out. Yeah. And then when he does oh. is when he, they finally were able to let us know that so he was there. So he was down there. He was stuck for an hour. And he's like, these people aren't moving. I need to figure out what's going yeah. on. The good thing is it wasn't uh, renovation, the right? Space. The, the water mm-hmm. heater, the whole installation took less than two hours. Okay. So yeah, there was that probably an hour. Like it was within the first 20 minutes we realized we were walking around for an hour. And it was towards the end of the installation that they realized, oh, there's a cat here. Mm. And here's the thing too. He'd had some skids the the day before, so there was a rooms, couple of rooms that were closed. Otherwise, I think he might have run to the other rooms. But I think it's hard to predict because, again, his default I think when he has a chance is going to the basement, mm-hmm. and that was sort of that his doom. Sense. Okay, so that's <laughs> that's a story that I definitely care a lot more about than our audience, <laughs> but I cared a whole a whole lot about. Yeah. Uh, glad he's safe he yeah. is our uh official podcat uh and mascot so that is important right. for the channel right but <laughs> okay anyways i think we're we're probably ready to get into our first question and this is probably going to be a bit of a shorter one for anybody who's uh watching i guess you already know because you can see how long the video and is, we but... and we need to work out some of the kinks because this is the first time in a long time we've been doing something like this i think it's worth making sure that we can actually do it right before we commit ourselves to like a big long discussion yeah for sure so our first comment of the week comes from Belly Tug, and they say, I'm looking for the video where you explain why you don't use metal characters. Could you link me to it, please? Is there? Did we have a big, long discussion where we talked about that? I don't know. I don't remember, but we can have the discussion again, which is, I think, what we're about to do. Because uh, we try to label our uh, videos relatively descriptively. If you've seen our videos, you know that the titles are almost aggressively boring um, in <laughs> a like lot that. of cases the way that well, i mean like like we include like the date information uh which feels well no uh, on the recap <laughs> on the i don't think we do the date on the actual on the recap that's we, true the our season you know our q a i don't think we do 
That's true. Um, but on our Q and A, we center uh, the first thing that people see is like the season and episode number, and not actually like the topics that we uh, discuss. Uh, and we don't put really. I mean, uh, we put some effort into figuring out what the broad topics are right. uh, in like summary and like a few words. Right. But that is more of like a ease of understanding thing for the people who are already planning on watching us. It is terrible like SEO. Uh, it's terrible like tags. We don't have anything that would attract new people to it and go, oh yeah, that's a definitely a video that I want to watch. Right. Um, but the problem is that there are limits to that. And so I don't think... Uh, we are running into the same issue as belly tug where if that discussion has happened it is uh relatively inaccessible to us we don't have any sort of better leads on finding it <laughs> than uh a viewer looking for it right and i think the you... other interesting thing is though that mm-hmm. a lot of times when people ask the same questions it's still probably sometimes worth answering again only because our opinions evolve over time we are yeah. works in progress and I guess the other thing, too, is that sometimes it's better to share a variation or a version of the same information again uh, and let whoever's watching us now see it uh, or, like, potentially skip forward a little bit or, you know, if they forget, just listen to us drone on again, I guess. Uh, but as opposed to just linking for one person one piece of information from from the past, we also, right. you know, we only get so many questions. And so when we have a, a question like this that is worth answering for anybody who wants to listen to our opinion on it, it's it's sometimes worth just going through it again. Right. Because I, I don't think this is that long of a discussion. No, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. maybe if we start by talking, I guess, historically, I like to give these sort of oral histories where it's, it's subject to the potential um, flaws of like an unreliable narrator. If our memory mm-hmm. isn't that great. Maybe we rewrite it a little bit. In my mind, the first reason why we didn't use the metal characters immediately was because it would take too long to max them out. Yeah, they were like weaker than our other gold characters. And so there wasn't really a good way of fitting them in an existing team. Right. So you kind of had to build like a metal character only team. And you got metal characters so slowly that you would have these like really sort of like weak teams. And then just you, you could essentially win any matchup that you were going up against just on the strength of gear alone and their passives right. uh didn't really shine through you didn't really get a chance to see how good they were right. against sort of the heavy hitters that we were normally facing and i think part of it is that people's perspectives get a little bit skewed by facing a lot of hackers and so mm-hmm. that you've got lots of hackers where they're at elite seven and yeah. originally when they were first released it would take i think 40 something copies and then they made an adjustment and it would only take 20-something copies. But even the 20-something copies yeah. would take a long time to get. Especially when they're so slow, right? It's like the slowest way of earning any character with potentially the exception of like an online multiplayer reward, right? right? Where you're yeah. gated by like a physical like number of weeks. Right. Oh, and the other thing is... All right, so one thing about creating teams, I think, that maybe isn't as obvious is that you need to be able to play around with them a little bit to get a better feel for i mean some things are great in theory but some things you don't know until you've played it and one thing that is often overlooked especially by hackers is that in order to maximize their passives they have to be minimum elite three and to do all the the specials and maximize their passive it required the mm. one limiting step is Valorum Alloy. 
Mm. And in order to get that legitimately, it actually took, I think, probably close to a year and a half, two years to have enough mm. to max out all the medals. And then that would give you a chance to play around them and really get a sense of what their potential was. Yeah, it's true because you, it's a lot harder when you're dealing with sort of like a artificially reduced power version of them mm-hmm. in one way or another, whether that's like elite levels or whether that's their like passives and like specials. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then the other thing I guess that we realize too is that if we're going to get them to a level that's useful for other teammates that aren't metal, I think elite three uh, level 50 was probably the best Mm -hmm. because it gave you the most flexibility to use other teammates. Otherwise you get too high. You're outclassing your other teammates at that point because the medals, their stats progress Mm -hmm. faster than golds. And then you run into exactly the same problem in the other direction where the only teams you can use are medals and the only teams that you're fading are other medals. And we've talked at length before about why we keep people at like lower elite levels so that we can fight an interesting variety of teams without losing out on uh, battle point rewards. Right. Right. And so when we're at Elite 3 and getting close to the similar stats, aside from maybe Batman Ninja Catwoman, I actually find golds more interesting and more fun to try to create a team and a gear loadout that takes advantage of their passes that make it a really sort of engaging kind of fight. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess the caveat is that we do use Catwoman, Batman Ninja Catwoman, and a gold team as our finisher for Phantom Zone to complete the crystal. And uh, especially on the account where they aren't quite at uh, level 50 yet, it's a cheap and easy way. It doesn't require a lot of play. And the problem I think with the, the game runs into still is that there's too many things to do. Mm-hmm. So when there's a Phantom Zone week and there's two accounts that we're trying to max out all three replays, yeah. and there's not a lot of time for doing other stuff. That's a good way to sort of promote them a bit. Uh, not promote them, but level them up. I got to keep these yeah. terms straight in my head. It's true. Yeah, so, you know, there's not really that much of a specific reason. It it felt like they should have been sort of the next thing after golds, right? And that's definitely the way that they were sort of either explicitly or implicitly pitched to us. Yeah. But as it turns out, when like 90% of the roster, and I know that that's like not an accurate number, but when the vast majority of the roster is gold, right? There's way more golds than silvers or bronzes. Right. There was a lot of updates where they were adding characters and it was only like golds and challenge golds. Um, and when you have like almost all of the variation uh, in sort of team matchups happening at that gold stat level, you don't really want to just play with medals at like a high elite level because you lose so much of like the fun of online multiplayer matchups and right. fighting a variety of teams. Right. And then if you don't have them statted out better, they're basically just other gold characters with different abilities. And they were built in a way to have like more stuff, right? But it felt like a lot of the abilities that were built up were more to have you have like a bar, an extra bar to max out. Right. And that extra like mechanic of their uh, metal, like I forget what their metal power bars were called again dark something yeah i can't remember dark something we don't even use it enough and it doesn't like the names of the things don't matter that much but um you know that bar was integrated into all of them and i think there's only so much you can do with a mechanic like that yeah you know what i think it just turned out that's really another question fourth gear slot that would have been really cool yeah some other like 
meaningful power boost that wouldn't like compress matchmaking yeah but i think the other thing is that when you have to have all of your abilities based around that bar right you also only have so many different things you can do so they had like a lot of abilities stacked up but at the end of the day we're just comparing how interesting and fun they were to play and how good they were to play against all the other gold characters because that's where we wanted their stats to be anyways and at the end of the day unfortunately most of them don't pass that threshold of being either better, significantly better, significantly more fun, or significantly more interesting than other gold characters to mess around with in a team. And I'm totally willing to reevaluate that. Like right now, that's partly yeah. because we haven't played much. It's, so here's the funny thing, right? Because we've been playing with gold so often, I've really, I the next video I was thinking of doing as a filler, if I couldn't get a hold of you this week, was mm -hmm. the Static and Rebirth Raven team, because the more I play with them, the better they get. And it's almost like they, they could just as well be the same universe characters where they get a special synergy for being in the same universe because they are that good yeah. together. Like Static, wow, okay. the ability... So Static, his second special, lots of damage. Mm -hmm. His first special, almost no damage, but stuns guaranteed every time. And it hits so yeah. many times. Think about it. You're generating power for the other... The, for the opponent. That's a good point. And then Rebirth Raven swoops right in and snatches that power. I love against the power damage. So there's a team. stun, and then there's a pretty, pretty reliable power steal. And so if you play it like that, and then you stack the stun boosting damage gears, so you stack uh, mm -hmm. Necron Scythe and Cloak of Destiny, you can mm. overcome. Like you've basically got a two hit nuke, and each hit can do like 140, 150,000 damage. That's that's huge, right? And there's enough of a pause in between. I mean this. Oh, that you can knock out two people, well, you, potentially. In theory, you could almost, except the second person coming in is not stunned, so you don't get the boosted damage. But mm -hmm. you can almost guarantee that somebody who's got um, a an invulnerability, you bypass them all. Yeah. And so with uh, Raven, nice. you just knock her out, right? Like, you, even mm -hmm. if she's got fourth world gear set for revive, you just, you're hitting her twice. Double tap. Boom, boom. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. So this is what I'm saying about the metal characters, right? When there's so much potential in the gold, I'm sure that there's going to be some kind of synergy with the metal, but mm. it doesn't feel like it's nearly as much fun if it's the the advantage of metals is that they're just so overpowered. That's true. There was always sort of... At different times, there have been teams that have been really overpowered and have let you finish like almost supernaturally fast mm -hmm. and those have been fun on their own merits but those don't tend to be the teams that we come back to and play more because those are teams that you do you usually when a team is that dominant you just kind of do the same thing every time right and i'm thinking of when aries first came out oh, right, right? Yeah, yeah. and his special two could just destroy an entire team and it was always fun to mess around with that a little bit but if you actually wanted to play the game and you didn't just want to do the thing that would get you resources the fastest by essentially just you know, clicking a button over and over again, uh, you would want to mix up your strategy and do different teams. And, you know, part of the other thing about blitzing uh, the enemy really fast is that you run out of energy way faster too. Right. So you need like more recharges. So we do tend to come back to interesting people, not necessarily just like really dominant people. But it doesn't hurt. I mean, if, considering yeah. how the, the limited amount of time we have to play, it's it's not like I you mentioned Aries. I think I'm thinking also Luchador Bane, mm. and how That's what's true. neat is though if you do start with that, you learn certain things. If you play it specifically enough and and repeatedly enough, then you learn stuff about the mini games. 
you learn stuff about mm. the timing of the characters. And then when they introduce more revives, then you start having to develop other strategies around it. And it's it's a progression of strategies instead of just, here's the right strategy. You, if you get there fast, that's the end of the game. There's no point playing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the, this is a game that definitely opens up a lot more than you think it would just from its basic mechanics when you like give it the time and space and like learn yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I think we'll do maybe one more question. Oh, that much more? We think we got time. All right. Oh, you think so? That's no. Uh, we can here. Let's do something a little fast. Well, uh, we have a comment from XXX Even Stars, and they say, "Damn, bro, I've been a subscriber for years, yet it feels like your voice is younger than what I recall. Keep up the good work." And so I think this one is a little funny. This one is not injustice related. We're just talking about ourselves because the first thing that's funny about this is they do not indicate which one of us <laughs> they're talking about. It's true. And that makes a huge difference. And they also say years and they don't specify a specific time frame. And that also makes a huge difference because if you go back and I don't recommend you do this, but you're allowed to, and I can't stop you. Um, but if you go back to our really early videos, you will notice that one of our voices sounds to my ear pretty much the same and one of our voices sounds very significantly <laughs> different um and it I, I don't think it'll come as a surprise i don't think i could hide this if i tried if you go back and watch the earlier videos that i was significantly younger when we started filming right so if they're talking about me there is like an in-between range that they could uh, have started watching us from uh, because it definitely was not when we started out or for like the year or two after that. Um, and if they're talking about you, I don't know what they're hearing. But That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know that like my, my, well, I mean, both the human voice, like one person's tone and pitch can fluctuate a lot. Uh, so it's possible with that. I know, I think I almost um, at times, like mostly subconsciously but would go for like a deeper voice sometimes when you we were filming right um when i was just talking uh and you know people have talked about like hank green has talked about like his content creator voice right that most people have a voice that they speak in that isn't like unnatural to them it's not like a character that they're putting on but when you put them in a situation where they're making their videos they literally sound different than when they are right. um just out and about and talking and so i don't think it was uh, very conscious if it was at all but i recognize that i i had and probably still have to some extent like a content creator voice that sounds different from what i normally speak and there was like i was um moderating a panel uh pre-covid years ago uh and a friend was one of the uh speakers on the panel um it wasn't as impressive as it sounds i'm not going to dox myself and say what it was but it was conventional um, yeah, it was a convention panel. And my friend, when I sat down in front of the mic and announced that it was going to be like five minutes and then we're going to get started, they were like, whoa, that barely sounded like you. They're like, I don't, they're like, I don't have a better word for it, but you sounded more like sultry almost. And they're like, and that's like not the right word. Um, like, but butter. like you, yeah. Um, so I, no, and that wasn't like a thing I did on purpose. I just like sat in front of a mic and that is how I was used to talking when I sat in front of a mic. So I think one of the things that it might be is the longer we've done this, I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with the format to the point where sometimes it almost more just feels like I'm sitting down and talking to you. Right. Um, because the like process of making it a video uh, has is like increasingly more and more in the back of my mind. 
right? Right. And I think earlier it was more and more like really sort of at the forefront and I was a lot more conscious of it. It was and a it's big like, deal. This was an event. Yeah, we it, were preparing ourselves for an event. Yeah. And even if it was like a regular occurrence, it still was like, this is like a weird thing. And now it's more become like a routine. It's a right. thing that we do. And I think sometimes I do let myself talk in. Um, and I don't say, I say let myself, I just happen to talk in a voice that much more closely resembles just maybe how I talk uh, when I'm out and about in my day to day. And I know that that involves me having a slightly higher pitch sometimes. And it also involves my pitch fluctuating a lot more because I think I definitely keep it a little more locked down when we're filming. And this is like a weird thing because we're not like voice actors. We're not like we are even not. big creators. But uh, this is just something that I have found it hard to avoid noticing making an, as much like YouTube stuff in terms of like the pure number of hours of content that we have recorded ourselves speaking and putting out there. It's a lot, right? right. So we are very amateur in terms of uh, results. Uh, like in terms of the money we're making, we're, we're sub-amateur almost. Um, we're, we're technically professional. We're but semi-pro. It's like a semi-prozine. It's like fanzine, semi-prozine, and pro. Yeah, so we're like, we're like semi-professional in terms of like our uh, success and very amateur in terms of the amount of like craftsmanship we're putting right. into each piece of content i'd say we're a semi-pro uh, on a technicality really yeah it's like if somebody if somebody <laughs> that's, played that's... you a sub-professional rate then that would make you sort of a semi-pro yeah okay yeah. that that's fair so you were, were semi-pro on a technicality and for all of our sort of like we are barely even like real um youtubers feel like that i get sometimes uh we definitely have had the opportunity to at least notice this stuff about ourselves even right. if it doesn't matter to very many other people right. um and so that's that's definitely something so I, that is my best working theory as to why this person thinks i sound younger than what they recall and if it's you i don't know do you have any guesses do you, I, first yeah. off which one do you think it is do you think oh, it's i think me it's or you, you. It's, it's gotta be you you think it's me you I, think I, I, I sound younger I, again? I don't know that i mean i've been doing this for years we've been hundreds of i, I honestly like it just whatever it's just funny i listen i like it when people think a little bit about themselves and offer up something that's a little different mm -hmm. than the usual um yeah does this glitch work uh is <laughs> what if i don't get my multiplayer season rewards there's certain questions that we get a lot and mm -hmm. so this is interesting because it, anything that sort of encourages a little bit of self-reflection is interesting to me. But yeah, mm -hmm. uh, no, I, I don't really have a great answer or a clue. <laughs> As a closing thought, I have a question for you then, which is right. what do you think you, the difference is in your creator voice versus how you talk normally? And I have something that I think is the difference. I think I, I do a better job now of cutting out the ums and the uh and the uh. Mm -hmm. I, I just... More practice, and I, I, I guess the one other thing that I used to do a lot more, and I probably still do, but I just don't, either I ignore it or I've improved on doing it less, is I smack my teeth a lot. I suck my teeth a lot sometimes when I'm starting mm. stuff. And I don't know if I just don't care anymore and I don't notice, or I'm doing a better job of cutting down on that. See, I don't even notice those things because those are such a, like a part of how I hear you. Yeah. One thing that I know that, you still do because it's kind of unavoidable is we both have to clear our throat sometimes. Right. Um, but I was going to say the thing that I think is your creator voice is I think you put more energy and enthusiasm into everything that you talk about. I think normally your, your oh. sort of energy level is based off of the topic and how 
excited you are about it. Yeah. And I think you bring a slightly higher level of energy to whatever you're talking about. Oh, because and maybe that's just because you are consistently more excited when we're filming. But right. that's what I think the difference is. Right. I think your your voice has more energy when you film yeah. versus when you're not I, filming. I think I have to be mentally more engaged to follow because of the process that we do where we've got these questions. We have the setup. We want to hit it the first time because there won't be a second time. And I'd mm-hmm. rather it be nice than not. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, no, that's totally fair. Yeah, you, and as you say it, I realize that's almost definitely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we go. That's that's I think a good place to end it off for now. Uh, to finish up, we have some folks that we'd like to say some things to. I'd like to give a shout out to Eliza. I'm on vacation. I didn't realize I didn't fill us out until just now. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to deal with that, Katen. Uh That's a really long nickname. I don't know why that's her nickname, but you know, uh, people uh, can adopt. <laughs> I, I, I started this and was hoping that a joke would find its way to me by the end of my sentence and I didn't get there. So I'm just going to have to bail out halfway. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I have, Now I have two things to apologize for. <laughs> but this shout out was brought to you by my negligence and then my inability to think on my feet, I guess. So that's, uh, I'm working on it. Right. It's a process where we're not finished people. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where I like to thank our patrons on Patreon. Then that's Bumble Ben, Consul Peasant, and Ed Woon, who are supporting us at the highest tier last word. Cinemac and Muhammad Oshady at the Your Message Here tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irvin Ruiz, Eddie Du, and Hoshi127 at the credited level. And Chris Wolf, Scarlett Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malat, and Isfar E at the gratitude level. Thank you so much for watching. And thanks. Uh, and oh my goodness, I, it's, I'm out of practice. I'm very out of practice at this. It's been a month. Uh, thank you so much for your support, I should say. And thank you so much to all of you for watching. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.